Do you dream about your next trip? You're in the right place. On the Time to Talk Travel podcast, we come to you weekly to share places to go and what to do when you get there. Let's dive into this week's adventure. Hi, welcome back to Time to Talk Travel. I'm Nasreen. I'm here with Sharon and Des. We are going to talk about romantic travel, couples travel, the type of travel that you might be doing with Valentine's Day coming up or special occasion anniversaries. I'm trying to decide, should I lead off with what makes travel romantic or how do you plan romantic travel? Or do you need to go to the Poconos and get one of those heart-shaped bathtub? Are they the ones that have the champagne glass that you can sit in? Okay. What what makes travel romantic for you guys? It's so funny. I just remembered the commercial from my childhood. Beautiful Mount Airy Lodge. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what makes travel romantic is just like that time apart, that time away from all the regular stuff. Who's making dinner tonight? Dinner every single night has to happen. Just not worrying about those things that drag your relationship down and time to reconnect. I love, I mean, I'm a romance writer, so obviously I like romance and I love romantic travel. For me, it has a little to do with the place. I will say I just did Venice with my boyfriend and I had done Venice with my daughter and they were two very different experiences. I did a gondola ride with my daughter and it was sweet. And then I did a gondola ride with my boyfriend where we paid a musician and it was just the two of us and the two musicians told him, you don't have to do anything for me pretty much the rest of my life. I was a Cheshire cat sitting on that boat the entire time, just grinning ear to ear. I was so happy, but it wasn't just that we spent time at a really remote place in Croatia swimming in the Adriatic Sea alone. That was as romantic as it gets as well. For me, it's getting that little sneak away time alone. It could be a party too. Like we could go out dancing or whatever, but it's, it's, it's just bonding and getting that chance to really connect with that person outside the everyday element. For me. Yeah. And I think for me, we look a little more carefully at where we're going to stay. I'm going to pick a nicer hotel room if it's just the two of us and we're going away and it's a romantic vacation. So if I'm going into New York City on a regular basis with the kids or with everybody, we're looking at hotel rooms that are going to serve a purpose that are just there and convenient. If I'm going in with my husband, I'm looking at one of the higher ends of a brand's hotels. I'm looking for a really nice room, something with a great view or maybe a little outdoor space. And so I think we pick hotels differently if we're doing a romantic trip and we might put a little more emphasis on some great food. <laughs> What's so, the most, you know, most romantic food you can think of? Like for me, gelato ice cream. It's not a big old share a pasta lady in a tramp yeah. kind of thing. I Love getting gelato together. We have a tendency to do tasting menu if it's just the two of us. We did tasting menus on our honeymoon, so we might look for a really unique tasting menu or situation in the city so that we can just try a lot of different things and have a new experience. So that's the direction we go in it. Also, artisan chocolates, where you find the fancy chocolate shop that puts something different in things, and they're like sprayed gold and all pretty, and I like that. But I have a question for Sharon. So now if you're writing a romantic book and you're going to put your characters in a romantic vacation or destination, what does that look like? And also if they have a horrible romantic vacation together, what made it go wrong or where did they go? 
have not written a horrible romantic patient story. You're putting the idea in my mind now. That would be very fun. It's funny because Des has read my books and gelato is definitely a sexy scene in one of my books where the guy arranges for a tasting menu of gelato to be brought to the room for her to try. So gelato is definitely very sexy. But I think for romantic vacations in my life and in my books, there's two different directions that they can go. Either you're together and you're bonding and you're being pampered and you're being taken care of entirely. And, you know, that gives you the ability to focus on each other. And for myself, that's great because my husband and I are just constantly doing things for other people. So Mm -hmm. to be able to just be like babies where we're fed and we're pampered is fantastic. And we can focus on each other. Or a very popular romance trope and a very popular vacation for myself and my husband is the adventure. It's the adventure travel where you got to work as a team and figure it out. You got to pull together and make things happen. And that is a little riskier. Things can really go wrong. So doing your research for that type of travel is a little more essential, but it's very bonding. We took a anniversary trip where we rented a car and we drove all over Italy and we nearly ran off the road when a wild boar ran in front of us and we stopped at farms and we got food some of it good some of it not good most of it good because it was Italy you know the adventure of it is a bonding experience as well You guys both been been married for a while. I haven't and I'm not married now. I have done trips with different people I dated and that's a real getting to know you. Can we travel together? Because if we can't and there were times on my last adventure where my boyfriend came over and met us and one particular instance, I remember getting on the flight and texting my daughter and saying, I don't know if we're going to make it to the next. I have a little anxiety. I'm making sure I make the flight and whatever. And he's ADD and can't sit there for two hours at the gate. And, and I don't know why in this particular instance, I really had to be there two hours, but I did. I needed to get there. And just getting on the plane together, I'm not kidding. I was like ready to say, dude, when we get back, you are welcome to go on home. I am going to just keep on going on my adventure. It was that bad. And when we landed, he said, I realized something. And that's it. You have a little anxiety. You don't have to sit there the whole two hours, but you need to go touch the gate. And then you can go have drinks or food or whatever, but you need to know where you're going to need to be. And mm-hmm. until we get to that moment, you are stressed. Oh, and that is not a fun <laughs> Stress does is not a good one. But he figured that out, which made me mm-hmm. love him more because then I'm like, oh, he does get it. I didn't even know that about myself. Like I have been the person who shows up two minutes before the plane, before they close the gate to get on the plane. I mean, at some point in the last decade, I've developed this whole anxiety about needing to get there early enough and not miss it. Figuring out that you really can travel together is a nice bonding moment. Oh, so important. So important because I've been married for a while, but I traveled with people before that. And that's an immediate thing. In fact, I just not even with romantic travel, but just travel in general. I was thinking to myself earlier today that a great episode would be like a tale of two trips. So I was in Boston with my sister overnight last night. And it was a girl's trip and it was just for the one night. She's like, I want to go spend time in Seaport and do Snowport, the special winter market event thing. Do you want to go? Let's put this tentatively on the calendar. And that was like the only discussion we had about it. Okay. Now my sister and I are very different people. I love her. 
dearly if she's listening to this. If she's not, I'm going to say whatever I want because she should have listened to it. So her idea of travel for a girl's trip is going to be staying in a hotel somewhere where we can hop around and do a bunch of stuff right there in that area. And also like dinner, drinks, brunch, like all this different stuff. My idea of travel is similar, but I don't want to lay in the room in the beginning of the day for many hours. And I also don't need as many meals or intensely sit down experiences because for me, it drives the budget up and I would rather walk around. I would rather do more trips than do dinner, drinks, this drink, this drink, you know, and then a brunch and all of that. I'm all going, there's a Trader Joe's next door. I'm going to get a cold press <laughs> orange juice and a coffee and a bagel. And then I'm going to go walk around and take pictures because that's what my priority is. And so I think it's really interesting when you're in that romance travel period to figure out how the two of you do things differently or the same. And if you say, let's do it this way, is that how they would have done it or not? And are you compatible in that way? Because Greg and I, he travels very much in the same way as me, right? We want to get a nice hotel or be close so we can walk to everything and get everywhere. We had this experience in Vancouver before a cruise where the hotels were nuts. So we found the one that was the most affordable that was close to the terminal. When I tell you this thing was a hovel, I mean, it was like, it was a step above shack in someone's backyard. It was a hotel. It was tiny. It was dirty. It was like the door didn't close all the way in the bathroom. There was like a weird rattling noise every time the air came on and the whole room shook. And we stayed there for two nights because there was nothing else we could get. And we thought, like, it's hilarious. And every once in a while, we'll still make a joke about it. Be like, oh, did you book the hotel? Yes. It's not another Vancouver, is it? It's even as basic as who likes the window seat, who likes the aisle. I have a married friend who posted this week on Facebook where she's in the window seat on one and her husband is behind her in the window seat behind because they both want window seat. So they never sit next to each other. You know, I know some people who will only take aisle and like window. Are you willing to compromise? And I guess it's basically that goes with everything. I'm like you, Naz. I'm up early. I really like to pack my day. I guess on a romantic trip, there's a little less of that because sometimes you don't even want to leave the room. It's just making sure you're on the same page when you go. Yeah. I was just going to say that sometimes on a romantic trip, really doesn't matter what's going on in the city and what activities that you have planned and your expectations need to be in alignment. Because yeah. if one of you is expecting to spend the whole weekend in bed getting it on and the other one is expecting to you know, visit every church and castle that you come across, you're going to have a bad trip. Be like, stop groping me. I just need to make it out the door so that I can go take a picture of this statue. Come on. Get, no, that happened already. You stop it right now. I'm not averse to either. I just that really clear. I've had both of those vacations. It's just, again, very important to set the expectations in advance. A good balance. Yes. Good balance. balance is everything. Yes. But yeah, and I, certain things are romantic to different people that might not be to anyone else. And so for one person, having a big brunch and sitting down and getting fancy drinks and you know, eating like a stack of pancakes this tall with some syrup that was house created or whatever is their thing. 
And I think for some of those breakfasty things, like we would go to a bakery and get chocolate croissants and coffee and go sit in a park somewhere. And that would be our version of what we would think a romantic breakfast was on a trip. And so it looks different to everybody. But again, the compatibility thing and making sure you have the expectations in common, probably important. Yeah, my husband and I have been always traveling together right out of college. We went backpacking in Europe which is probably the big test of our relationship mm. as young people. The nice thing about him is that he's always just been so easygoing and accommodating mm. with travel. He knows travel is much more my thing. And he's like, oh, you want to do this? Sure, you want to do that? Sure. And I don't think he would make the same choices as me, but he's fine with my choices. So mm. it ends up working out. But I do think that there's a certain sense of fortuitousness and adventure. So it's not just of having the croissants for breakfast, but finding that place together, that special mm-hmm. little place that has the amazing croissants that 10 years later, we're like, remember that little <laughs> hole in the wall bakery that we found together that was mm-hmm. our discovery. That, that's what makes it romantic, at least for me. I agree with you. I don't think it matters the city as much. That said, certain cities are so romantic. Venice to me is so romantic. Croatia was so romantic. All right, what are your favorite trips? What were your favorite locations for? If you really wanted to plan a nice romantic getaway, what would be your top five? I feel even New York City can be really romantic if you go to the top of the Empire State Building and you get that kiss like they had and, you know, Sleepless in Seattle. And you know what I mean? There are just certain movie moments that you really want to relive if your guy's game. Are there places you guys are thinking of that are like, oh yeah, this was the most romantic place I went in my life? I've been to a lot of romantic places and like you say Venice and we had a terrible experience in Venice. (laughs) We tried to have a romantic trip to Venice so hard and it just didn't work out. I love Catalina Island. It's close to us and we've had so many like magical escapes to Catalina Island. I love Italy, Cinque Terre. We we had a great trip to Vernazza, Aix-en-Provence. We went there and ended up staying for a whole week when we were only supposed to be there for three days because it just was, it was so nice and easy and everything was so quaint and pretty and the food was so good. California wine country. There's a lot of great places to go. I find big cities a little harder because there's just so much coming at you. There's just, there's so many options and so much coming at you. I like to have like a curated, you could, oh, you know what? Nafplion in Greece is a perfect example. We planned a romantic getaway and I wanted to go to a city that had stuff to do if we wanted to leave the room, but nothing that we had to do. So if we didn't leave the room for the entire time, that we'd be like, all right, it's okay. <laughs> we still had a nice trip. We don't have to feel like, darn it, I missed my one chance to see the thing. Mm-hmm. So this is now my standard, like a romantic getaway. I want there to be stuff to see and stuff to do, but not stuff that I have to see and stuff that I have to do. That's a good yeah. one. How about you, Naz? I think we do like the cities because we like to walk and we like to look at historical things and hear the stories. We're big fans of Googling things and looking them up. And Boston is always a favorite. I mean, we honeymooned there while we were living there. So I love Boston, New York, Burlington, Vermont is always fun. And in Texas, San Antonio, we used to go to San Antonio occasionally to get away. And I love that as well. But it's funny because Sometimes you'll find ones where both of you don't think it's romantic. So I love New Orleans. Like, I love it. My husband thinks it feels depressing. 
And so he'll go and he loves the history, but it is not a romantic city to him. Meanwhile, I have the artist vibes. I'm like, oh, I feel so inspired. I love it. But it's not the same for him. It's hard for me to pick destinations sometimes because we have spent so much time road tripping together and going from one place to another when we were moving back and forth between New England and Texas back to New Hampshire. We did a lot of these shuttle run type trips where we're in 30 something hours are making it from one area to another. And we're just spending an exorbitant amount of time in the car together. And every time we go by something interesting, we're looking it up and telling the other person, or we're like sharing random stories that we're finding online. And what about you? I, I think people could even be camping in all honesty. I think the only time I wouldn't feel like is super romantic would be skiing. I would have to have five layers of clothes. That's not a very sexy, let's get it on. And when you got, hold on, I got to unzip this. Hold on, I got to pull off. I am literally the five layers of clothes kind of person there. Now, if you didn't leave the room to go skiing for the day and you're just warm and cozy in a bed with a fire looking out at all the snow, that could probably be romantic. I just was about to say that like one of the most romantic places that we've been also is Timberline Lodge in Oregon, which is a ski resort. But I don't ski. Every time I try and ski, I break a bone. So I've given up. I go to the ski resort. I meet everyone for the apres ski cocktails and hot cocoa. And I sit by the fire. And that, I mean, it's a perfect place. It's, it is like the site of a Snowden romance story, if there ever was one. And that's who I would be too. I would be the snack by the fire in the lodge, cocoa girl. I don't, I'm too clumsy. There would be nothing romantic about me skiing. It would be like a cartoon. I just imagine the snowball rolling down the hill with all the limbs sticking out. No, not romantic. <laughs> I have not been romantic. that person. I keep thinking I can, and then I get up there, and then I am the person who rolls and then loses a ski here and uh, takes out a guy there, and I'm like, ah, oh, good. I haven't given up yet. I really still want to, but I'm never going to be that graceful. My kids can do it now better than I can. My daughter, she'll fly down no poles. I, I grew up in Florida. I can water ski, but I... Or at least I could. Who knows anymore? So the being on the water is romantic. Get me on the water anytime. And now I am a very happy woman. But again, <laughs> gondola ride, whether it's that, I haven't been on a $2 million yacht, but I'm game for trying. But I think any boat is a romantic time. But sunset on a boat, it's cliched, but it never fails. <laughs> uh, there's the romance of knowing when the trip is not right for both of you. <laughs> in another direction here. Uh, you know what's not romantic is going on a trip that you don't want to go on to somewhere because the other person likes it. And so sometimes it's romantic to just give them the travel to do themselves by themselves and just have their alone time. So I know my husband was fascinated he needed to get away and decompress for a couple of days. A firefighter medic had some rough calls and a rough stretch, and he just needed to go away for a couple of days. And he used to talk about the Donner Party all the time, and he loves history, huge history buff. I had points through Southwest. He flew into Sacramento and drove up to Tahoe area, and he climbed some ridiculous mountains and took pictures that made me think that maybe I should have upped his life insurance before he went. And then also went in tunnels and visited all the different sites that they talk about in some of the history but like but abandoned train tunnels in a remote mountain town that's how people die in movies i don't do that that's not me no that's not romantic at all so he stayed in a little cabin on airbnb no i don't want to go he had time he decompressed he went and did something that he loved doing he loved me for sending him but that would not have been a romantic trip because 
I would have been walking up the mountain going, this, no, you should not sit on that. No, do not sit on that rock and take it. No, that rock is be very well out of edge. No, don't go in the dark. No, it would not have been a good one for both of us. Consent him with my husband next time because we just <laughs> went to Tahoe. Okay. Actually, we went because my daughter is an archaeologist and she was stationed there working with the Forest Service. Mm-hmm. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I think my husband would have really liked for that. We <laughs> stayed uh, at a hotel together. He thought it was a very romantic trip for the two of us and I was like we're visiting our daughter and I'm outside my comfort zone and we're doing these hikes but it was we're hiking and looking at places that can you know people who ate other people were in history (laughs) this sounds super romantic but I think you hit the nail on the head with the fact that's a really romantic gift I know if you're going to gift me something a trip is my ideal With the romantic trip, we'll have one last question because I always see this in the movies and we've done little things over the years, but I know in the movie they get to the romantic trip and there's flower petals on the bed, a whole arrangement of chocolates and things sent to the, there's champagne chilling on ice and things like that. And I think my husband put like a cake in our room for our honeymoon, but that, that was it. So do you guys do that? Is that part of a romantic trip? or no? Not so much. Our last getaway, I did make arrangements to eat at a Michelin-starred restaurant, but that Mm. wasn't in the room. I don't know. Maybe because I'm gluten-free and I'm so picky, I'm so fussy. My husband's afraid to order anything to be sent (laughs) to the room ahead of time. He's afraid that I'll have an allergic reaction or that Mm, I won't like it. I get it. That makes sense. I've been to hotels where they've done those special touches for me, but it was press trips. It wasn't a man. I don't think it's second nature for men to go, oh, let's do the romantic rose petal thing. I know men who have, but they yeah. they were gay. And that's <laughs> when there's candles and rose petals at the bath. I would love it, I think. No, but I also would just love knowing I have my favorite kind of ice cream in the freezer, which mm-hmm. is a gelato. For me, it's just the thought going into mm-hmm. whether, you know, packed a special outfit. You know, I, you know, I'm a sucker for khakis and a white button down. And I know when my guy puts that on, he made an effort because I just love that look. That kind of thing. It's just like what we do. If we wear our hair a certain way or wear a certain color lipstick that we know they like, it's just those little touches that I say we're thinking of them. But as far as decorating the room or what have you, no. I feel like my husband and I are very nerdy. And I just didn't realize how, as I'm saying, oh, we like the history stuff. We like to walk around. We like to read things. Then we look it up on Google. Like, I like it when things lead to good conversations and that time together. We've got four kids. Talking about something other than them is nice. But we stopped for lunch at this cafe that I loved, that I used to stop at a lot on business trips on the Connecticut border of Massachusetts called Traveler's Cafe. Sharon will love this. They have a mean tuna melt that I love. That's why I go there. But they also, with your meal, the entire cafe has bookcases lining the walls along with an entire entryway full of bookcases and with your meal you get three free used books and so it's all these secondhand books and so part of it is we go eat there but then we spend an extra 40 minutes at the end trying to find the perfect three free books each because you each get three free books with your meal and like looking for the ones the other person will like and oh have you read this one yet I like that that's bonding You're mm. with the perfect man because a lot of men would be like, I'm not, I don't care. No, the fact that you it. guys enjoy that together. <laughs> and yes, yeah. I do believe that's your dream, Sharon. <laughs> that's my dream. And you know, my husband would adore that too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because we ate at a cafe in Tahoe that where they had used books, and, but they were not for sale. And that's what my daughter just gifted us for Hanukkah was one of the books that we really wanted to buy from 
the cafe with the used books. When I think of romance, also I think of the movie Before Sunrise, like the series Before Sunrise or Before mm-hmm. Sunset yes. or After. It's Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy, and they filmed these movies. Like started when they were in their twenties, and then they did another in their thirties, and another in their forties. And the thing that brought them together is that they just had these long, interesting conversations where they're going. To me, that's really romantic. It's what you said too, Naz. It's yeah. like the ability to spend time with someone that even after years and years, you still want to talk to. I think that we just have to leave it there because that was like a really good nugget to close it with. <laughs> so thank you for joining us on another episode of Time to Talk Travel and talking about our romantic travel ideas and what to do coming up for Valentine's Day. And we would love to hear what you are doing or what romantic travel is to you. Leave us a comment. Until next time. This has been another episode of Time to Talk Travel, brought to you by HashtagTravels.com. You can keep in touch with us between episodes by checking out our site, joining our newsletter, or connecting with us on social. We've always got the information you need in our episode notes. Until next time, happy travels, and thanks for being a part.